Good morning, Brooklyn. It's great to see you guys here today, and it's great to be together worshiping God. Today is Easter. All over the world, people are reflecting on the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, and that's a good thing. It's a good thing to think about. For a lot of people, though, it's all about chocolate bunnies, right? Hard-boiled eggs, jelly beans, candy, cute little rabbits. You know, for a lot of people, that's what it's all about. But the truth is, when you look closely at the resurrection, it's more than that. The truth is, it's really a message from God. It's really something that God is trying to tell us. It's more than just an event. It's more than just a show. It's more than just something we sit back and look at and go, yeah, oh, that's great. Thank you. But it's really something that God is trying to tell us today. That's what we're going to look at. In Matthew chapter 28, we read about the resurrection. We read about how Jesus died and then came back to life. And in this, in this interaction, we can learn some things about God. We can learn a lot of things about God, but I've got three of them for you today. So let's read together from Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse 1. It says, After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. Remember, that's where Jesus was. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come. And see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. You know, there's a lot of things we can learn from this. And there's a lot of things I think that God is teaching us. But one of the messages that we get from the resurrection is this. God is approachable. God is approachable. You know, this is an amazing, an amazing scenario here, isn't it? I mean, here you've got the women that come to the tomb, and the angel of the Lord is there. The angel has rolled back the stone and then sat on it. I don't know if that was sort of, I don't know if it was exhausting. I don't know if he was tired. I don't know what, but he rolled the stone and he sat on it. There was a violent earthquake. There was lightning. I mean, it was an amazing, intimidating scenario. So bad that the soldiers that were there, the guards, became afraid. They shook 
and became afraid and then froze like dead men. They were so intimidated and so scared. But the angel, seeing the two Marys there, the angel said what? Don't be afraid. Even as the women talked to the angel and realized that Jesus had, had risen from the dead and Jesus ran and the, and the two Marys ran off and then they ran into Jesus himself. And the first thing that Jesus says there is greetings. Hey, what's up? I mean, that's amazing. In the midst of an incredibly, an incredible display of power and strength, you see the angel, you see Jesus saying, don't be afraid. You see, one of the messages that God tries to teach us through the resurrection is this. God is approachable. Sometimes we look at God whether it's through the scriptures or maybe we're in a fellowship like this and we see people and we see the love and, and we just see how amazing God is. And sometimes we can become intimidated by God. And God is intimidating. God is big. He is all powerful. He knows everything. But one of the things God wants from us is to know, he wants us to know that he is approachable. He wants you to come to him. God is humble. He is approachable. You know, years ago, my family and I visited a house. It's called the Biltmore Estate. Maybe you've heard of it for a long time, up until I think just recently. It was the largest single-family home in the United States. I think just recently, someone built something out here in Long Island that's bigger. But this house is in Asheville, North Carolina. And it was, it was built years ago by George Vanderbilt from New York. It was built for him, his wife, and their daughter. And it was a summer home for them in the mountains of North Carolina. This house is huge. Now it's sort of a museum, and you can go and you can take tours of it. But this house w is immense. This house is 179,000 square feet. That is 179 times bigger than our apartment in Brooklyn. That is huge, right? It sat at its height, it sat on 125,000 acres. That's two and a half times, almost three times the size of the borough of Brooklyn. One house. I mean, it was huge, yeah. It was so big and so immense that even the servants there had servants. When you take the tour, you can, you can tour the servants' rooms, and then you can go upstairs and tour the, the servants of the servants' room. That's how amazingly huge this, this place is. And while we were taking the tour, they told a story. One time, George Vanderbilt was having a, 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 a giant dinner with all of his friends and his guests, and they were in this huge, huge dining room. The dining room table is like the length of a school bus. I mean, that's how big this room is in the table. It was an incredible, I incredibly intimidating scenario. And they were having this huge dinner party. And a young girl, she was 14 years old. It was her first day on the job. She just started working there. And she was carrying a tray of dishes, walking through the dining room as they were all sitting around having this grand feast. And something happened, and she dropped the tray. And dishes went everywhere, and they hit the ground, and they shattered and broke right 
there in the dining room in front of George Vanderbilt and all of his guests. And as you can imagine, the poor girl was mortified. She was terrified and she just froze. And all the guests just sat and wondered, what are we going to do? What do we do? And they told us on the tour as we were walking through this, they said, as everybody sat there and as this girl was just absolutely petrified, George Vanderbilt got up from the table, walked over, got on his knees, and started helping her pick up the broken dishes. That's being approachable. That's the message of the resurrection. It was a powerful event. It was an amazing event. It was a history, world-changing event. But one of the things that God is trying to teach us is that even though he is all-powerful, even though he is, he, he is in control of everything, he is approachable. So I guess what I'm saying to you is this, or what I'm asking you is this, Do you approach him? Christians, we got to stop being afraid of God. You got to stop being afraid of him. Yes, we need to respect him. Yes, we need to honor him. But he has gone to great lengths to have a connection with you. Are you taking advantage of that? He sacrificed something that he loves so much, somebody that he loves so much so that he could have a connection with you. Are you approaching him? Are you coming to him? He is approachable. Some of us, I'm afraid, are like these soldiers, right? You come to church, you know, you see everybody, and maybe you're a guest today, and we're, if you are, we're glad you're here, but maybe you feel a little freaked out by this, people hugging, people clapping. I know I did when I first came to something like this. I was a little freaked out by it. But, you know, people are hugging, people are, and some of us, you know, we're acting like these soldiers. We're just playing dead, hoping nobody talks. Don't touch me. Don't hug me. Don't say, hey, what's your name? What do you mean? What's my name? Yeah, yeah, no, no, just what's your name? You know, just, it's okay. You don't have to be afraid. God wants you. Maybe you need to open the Bible up. Maybe that's why you're here today. In fact, Not maybe, it is why you're here today. You're here today because you need to open the scriptures up and you need to start learning the Bible and you need to start approaching the Lord. That's what he wants. That's what he's trying to tell you. That was the point of this thing. He's trying to communicate with you and with me that despite the immense power and strength, he is approachable. Are you approaching him? Are you drawing near to him? Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16 says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way. It's talking about Jesus. Tempted in every way, just as we are Yet without sin, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence 
Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. The resurrection, it teaches us a lot of things. But one of the things it teaches us is this. God is approachable. Let's read on in Matthew 28, picking back up there in verse 11. It says, when the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priest everything that had happened. When the chief priest had met with the elders and devised the plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, you are to say his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. If, it, if this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. The message of the resurrection is first, that God is approachable. And secondly, God is credible. God is approachable. And God is credible, not incredible, although he is incredible. But one of the things that the message of the, the, the resurrection teaches us is that God is credible. You see what happened here. I don't know if you caught what happened. Those guards, when Mary, the two Marys ran off to tell the other people that they had seen that Jesus had risen from the dead, the guards are there with an empty tomb. So they go back to the religious leaders, right, and they come up with a plan. Did you catch what that plan was? The plan was this. They said, listen, here's what we're going to tell everybody. Here's the story we're going to share. We're going to tell everybody that you fell asleep on the job, right? And while you were sleeping, his disciples came in the middle of the night and took his body away. That's what we're going to tell people. Now, the governor is going to hear about it. We'll deal with the governor to keep you out of trouble for sleeping on the job, all right? And, by the way, here's some cash, all right? Here's some cash. Take this money, and that's our plan. Why did they do that? Why would they come up with a plan? They did that because they understood that Jesus coming back from the dead gave him credibility. He was a teacher. He taught incredible things while he lived. And then he died. And if he just died, then everybody could say, oh, he was a, you know, he was a good teacher, but he's dead. But if he came back to life, then some of the crazy stuff that he had said might be true. Because when you die and come back from the dead, it gives you some credibility. Right? Wouldn't you say that? I loved my grandfather. My grandfather was an amazing man. My grandfather and I shared interests. He was into photography. He was really into videos, making video, like he had a video camera. And this is back in the 1980s when video cameras weighed like 100 pounds. Remember that? You know, you had to have a small, you know, cart behind you to carry your video camera. Remember those days? You don't. Okay, never mind. That, those days, all right. But I, my grandfather used to tell stories. I loved his stories. You know, as he got older, he told the same story over and over and over, but it didn't matter. I loved it. My grandfather was a storyteller. I think that's why I loved telling stories. And as I get older, I tell the same stories over and over and over, and that's okay. It doesn't matter. But I loved my grandfather. When he passed away almost 15 years ago, I was very sad, very sad, because I loved him. 
You know, if my grandfather showed up today, though, right? You know, during fellowship, after church is over, hugging people, hey, good to see you, bro, good to see you, sister, hey, great. And I look, and over there is my grandfather, not as ghosts, not like an aberration, but like him, like his body, and he's like, Phil, I got a message for you. What do you think I would do? Hey, Grandpa, just a moment. I'm busy. We're going to run and get some lunch, and then maybe later. W- would I do that? No, I'm in a conversation, Grandpa. No. First of all, after I picked myself off the ground, right, in utter astonishment, I would go and I would listen to whatever he had to tell me. Why? Because when you die and come back to life, it gives you some credibility. That guy probably knows something. Listen to me. Buddha might have taught some nice things, but Buddha is dead. Confucius, Muhammad, Joseph Smith, Mother Teresa, all probably nice people who might have taught some good things here and there and done some nice things with their life, but they are all dead. The Pope, the Dalai Lama, Dr. Phil, the editor of Cosmo Magazine, wherever you get your inspiration and direction, they are all living now, but one day they will die. The one thing, the one thing that makes Jesus different than any other religious leader ever is that he died and then came back to life. That is good news. And at the very least, that gives him some credibility. What that means is this. That means this. You can trust the words of Jesus. You can trust him. When Jesus says, He is the only way to God in John chapter 14. You can trust it. It's true. When Jesus says, do not worry about tomorrow in Matthew chapter 6, and I'll take care of you, you can trust him. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. When Jesus said in John chapter 3, you must be born again or you can't go to heaven, you better trust him. Why? Because he died and came back from the dead. When Jesus said in Mark chapter 10 that with God all things are possible, you better believe him. Why? Because he died and then came back to life. He knows what he's talking about. The resurrection gave Jesus an incredible amount of credibility. He wasn't just some crazy guy saying a bunch of stuff. He died and came back to life. There must be something there behind what he said. Acts chapter 17, verse 31, speaking, about, uh, speaking of God and Jesus, it says, For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. That's Jesus. He has given proof of this to all men by raising him from the dead. What is the proof? The proof that he meant what he said? The proof that he's 
trustworthy. The proof that he's credible is the fact that he reigns again from the dead. It made Jesus credible. Approachable, credible. Let's finish out Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse 16. It says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always. Surely. Did you hear that? Surely. He's with you all and the rest of us. Surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. What do we learn from the resurrection? We learn a lot of things. But we learn that God is approachable. We learn that God is credible. And finally, we learn that with God, anything is possible. I mean, this is an amazing passage here, this closing out. It says that the 11 disciples gathered with Jesus up on a mountain, right? And these were men who are clearly still weak in their faith. You know why I can say that? Because it says there in verse 17, when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted. You know, they (laughs) they stood I mean, they're standing in front of the resurrected Jesus like they saw him die and then they saw him come back to life. And he's right there. I mean, right there. And they're like, "Uh, do you have anything else? I need a little something more. I mean, they obviously weren't strong in their faith, even with Jesus standing there. So here are some men who aren't pillars of strength at this time, right? These are men with weaknesses. Can you relate to that? Have you ever been there before? And he takes these men and he gives them the greatest dream ever. He says to these men, he says, I got a job for you. I want you to take my message everywhere. The whole planet, the whole world, the everybody. I want you to make disciples of all nations. These are men who didn't understand him. These are men who had deserted him. These are men who some of them still doubted. <coughs> Excuse me. Who still doubted. And these are men who did not have cars. These are men who didn't have iPhones. These are men who didn't have TVs or Internet or Instagram or texting. These are men who later in Acts chapter 4 would be called ordinary, uneducated men. These are men who likely hadn't traveled 100 miles outside of the area where they were born. And Jesus comes to them and says, I want you to go everywhere with my message. You see, the resurrection teaches us this. With God, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Psalm chapter 50, verse 1, it says, The mighty one, God, the Lord, 
speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to the place where it sets. That's God. God summons the earth from the rising of the, I mean, he summons the earth. I have two dogs. I can barely get them to come when I say come. Barely, right? But God summons the earth from the rising of the sun to the place where it sets. That's how awesome God is. And that's the message of the resurrection, that God can take people in the midst of their weaknesses, in the midst of their doubts, in the midst of their fears, with all of their disadvantages, and say, I'm going to do something awesome with you. That's the message of the resurrection. So what obstacle seems too big for you right now? What in in your life is stretching your faith? What right now is exposing your weaknesses? What's going on in your life? What area is God calling you to have greater faith and to trust in him? Remember the resurrection. Because the point is this. If he can beat death, he can take care of you. That's good news. That's good news. The message of the resurrection. What does it mean to me? What does it mean to you? What is it that God's trying to say? God is approachable. God is credible. And with God, anything is possible. I appreciate the brothers, the sisters who shared even in this service today because they're people who are moved by the resurrection. I appreciate, appreciate Joe and his spoken word and the passion that he let out. Why would a man do that? Because of the resurrection. I appreciate Shirley standing in front of a lot of people he knows, but a lot of people he doesn't know, and vulnerably sharing his weaknesses. Why would a man do that? Because he understands the resurrection. He understands that with God, anything is possible. God is approachable. God is credible. With God, anything is possible. Three guys were tried for crimes against humanity. Two guys committed crimes. One guy didn't. Three guys were given governmental trials. Two guys had fair trials. One guy didn't. Three guys were flogged and beaten. Two guys had it coming. One guy didn't. Three guys were given crosses to carry. Two guys earned their crosses. One guy didn't. Three guys were mocked and spit at along the way. Two guys cursed and spit back. One guy didn't. Three guys were nailed to crosses. Two guys deserved it. One guy didn't. Three guys agonized over their abandonment. Two guys had reason to be abandoned. One guy didn't. Three guys talked while hanging on their crosses. Two guys argued. One guy didn't. Three guys knew death was coming. Two guys resisted. One guy didn't. One, two, three guys died on three crosses. Three days later, two guys remained in their graves, and one guy didn't. Let's let the cross change our lives. Thank you. Amen.